Hi, everyone. I'm Debbie Roberts, owner and financial advisor at Property Apprentice. Join us today for the Week in Review, where I'll talk about current events for the everyday investor and home buyer. Our topics for this week, first up, from good returns on the 26th of April, unpopular LVR rules to be loosened. Second topic from stuff on the 26th of April, big increase in first home grant new build price cap minimum. Third topic from RNZ on the 26th of April, economy may avoid technical recession in latest quarter, ANZ says. Fourth topic from interest.co.nz on the 24th of April, the country's banks are telling the Reserve Bank that borrower sentiment will likely tend towards more caution due to the fast-changing housing market conditions. And fifth topic for this week in review from Stuff on the 26th of April, the suburbs where every home seller is making a profit. So first up this week, we've got good returns on the 26th of April, unpopular LVR rules to be loosened. The Reserve Bank has opened a two-week consultation period on allowing investors to obtain a loan with a 35% deposit rather than the current 40% deposit. Banks will be able to use 15% of their new lending for owner-occupiers who have a deposit of more than 80%. The current rule is 10% of new lending. The newsfeed limits are set to go into effect on the 1st of June. Restrictions on high LVR residential mortgage lending impose a speed limit on the amount of new low deposit lending banks can take. According to the RBNZ, these restrictions create resilience in the financial system as seen in the past year. House prices fell, but this didn't cause widespread economic distress. According to Deputy Governor Christian Hawksby, the RBNZ believes that the risks to financial stability posed by high LVR lending have decreased to the point where existing restrictions may be unnecessarily reducing efficiency. The current rules are preventing many creditworthy borrowers from accessing mortgages and loans. CoreLogic senior property economist Calvin Davidson's opinion is that the RBNZ is loosening LVR rules with the intention of applying debt-to-income ratios next year. He added that currently, high mortgage rates are still stalling the property market, even as the bank changes its rules. Hawksby stated that LVR restrictions promote financial stability by limiting high-risk mortgage lending. This is done to reduce the impact and severity of housing market corrections by strengthening the banking system and households. He said that the fall in house prices is consistent with medium-term fundamentals. While prices may continue to drop, the chances of a dramatic correction in house prices have been reduced. Lending conditions have also tightened significantly as banks' debt servicing assessments allow for higher interest rates. So my thoughts on this are that although the Reserve Bank is proposing loosening the LVR restrictions, There's no evidence to say that that's with the intention of applying debt-to-income ratios next year. They've got that in their toolkit now, so they could install it if needed. But my personal opinion is that they're not going to need that until we're well into the next boom. So I'd be really surprised if they introduce that in March next year. I don't think it's going to be needed. Second topic for this week in review from Stuff on the 26th of April Big increase in first home grant new build price cap minimum. The government is significantly raising the minimum house price cap for new build properties under the first home grant. Housing Minister Megan Woods said changes were made to the first home grants and loans to help more first home buyers overcome the deposit barrier so they can become homeowners. The new price caps are in response to changes in prices since the caps were last updated in May 2022. 
Changes included a raise in the minimum first home grant price cap for new builds, a reduction in the first home loan insurance premium to 0.5% of the loan, and a few changes to the price limit for existing homes in some areas. Previously, the minimum new build cap was 500000 but it's now been raised to 650000 There was no change in areas where the minimum cap was already at that level or significantly higher, such as Auckland, Wellington and Queenstown. However, in other areas, the minimum cap was lifted. Some examples are in Maramara, where the existing cap was 625000 and was increased to 800000 and in Taupo, where the cap was lifted to 825000 from 575000 Wood said that the new build caps reflected the rising cost of construction and gave more eligible first-home buyers the option to choose between an existing home and a new build. The price caps for new build homes have risen in 37 locations, including smaller regions. Price caps on first-home grants were increased last year to align with lower quartile market values for new and existing properties, and the price caps on first-home loans were removed entirely. According to her, the number of monthly grants increased from 583 in December 2021 to 1,051 in December 2022, while the number of monthly home loans increased from 70 to 296 over the same period. A few adjustments to the KiwiBuild price cap for three-bedroom homes in some areas were also announced. The cap in Queenstown would rise from $845,000 to $860,000. In Hamilton, Christchurch and areas outside of urban areas, the increase would be $5,000. Woods said that the new KiwiBuild caps being consistent with current market values meant the scheme was attractive to developers and ensured a stable supply of homes. Changes to the first home grant and Kiwi Build caps will be implemented on May 15, and the change to the first home loan insurance premium will take effect on June the 1st. If you'd like to learn more about investing in property, join me at one of our free events called How to Succeed with Property Investing in 2023. I'll discuss strategies for successful investing from my perspective as a financial advisor, and these are available live, online, or in person. Check out propertyapprentice.co.nz for upcoming dates and register today, unless you're already a client of ours, in which case you get a lot more information than we give out in the free events. We don't sell property, so it's all about increasing your knowledge to reduce your risk. If you'd like to find out more about how we can help you to reach your financial goals, you can either attend one of our free events, because I talk about this towards the end of the session, or you can book a no-obligation phone call or meeting with my husband, Paul Roberts, via the website also. That's propertyapprentice.co.nz. Third topic from this week in review from RNZ on the 26th of April. Economy may avoid a technical recession in the latest quarter, ANZ says. The economy may avoid a technical recession by avoiding another drop in growth in the first quarter of this year, according to ANZ economists. The bank's trucker meter, which uses traffic volume data, and correlate strongly with GDP, showed a 4.6% lift in light traffic in March, while its heavy traffic index grew 2.7%. Chief Economist Sharon Zollner said that the figures need to be treated with caution due to the disruption of lockdowns and the impact of recent floods and Cyclone Gabrielle. She added that the data showed consistency with consumer spending cooling as the RBNZ rate hikes continue to have an effect. The light traffic index reflects consumer spending, whereas the heavy traffic index reflects economic output. The heavy traffic index was up 1.1% in the March quarter, 
The economy shrank by a surprise 0.6% in the three months ended December. Zollner observed that heavy traffic did not show any sharp declines, similar to those during the global financial crisis. Should there be an economic contraction in the first quarter, she said this will likely be because of supply side and weather impacts. Zollner cautioned that this doesn't mean a recession's been averted. They're forecasting a real recession to come in the third quarter of 2023. Fourth topic this week from interest.co.nz on the 24th of April. The country's banks are telling the Reserve Bank that borrower sentiment will likely tend towards more caution due to the fast-changing housing market conditions. Banks are giving feedback to the Reserve Bank regarding expectations that mortgage borrowing will remain low in the next six months. The Reserve Bank's latest six-monthly credit condition survey of 15 New Zealand banks revealed that mortgage businesses dried up. Figures for January and February showed that the new mortgage commitments were at $6.6 billion, which is lower compared to $10.4 billion in the first two months of 2022. In the first two months of 2021, the total was $14 billion. So at $6.6 billion for January and February, it's quite a drop. The Reserve Bank stated that banks noticed a softer demand due to higher interest rates, the perception that house prices would fall further, and a speculation of economic uncertainty. Banks reported that mortgage borrowing slowed across all types of buyers and in most regions. The current economic environment is causing banks to maintain a conservative lending approach by using higher assessment rates, in some cases up to 9% interest rates they're testing you at. Reserve Bank New Zealand also added that banks have accommodated requests for conversion from principal and interest to interest only for clients who are struggling with debt servicing costs and living costs. Credit demand for commercial properties also expected to decline in the near term. The rapid rise in inflation and interest rates and falling property prices are contributing to a low demand market. The Reserve Bank in New Zealand notes that cost inflation and supply chain delays affect developers. Customers are also finding it more challenging to achieve minimum qualifying pre-sales in the current housing market downturn. Property yields have not shifted as materially as interest rates have risen, and there might be a sustained correction of property values over the next 6 to 12 months, as sellers have to shift price expectations to align with purchaser return requirements. Banks have provided solutions for customers affected by the Auckland floods and Cyclone Gabrielle, although they are difficult to measure at this stage. Banks report that credit availability for commercial real estate has also tightened in the last six months. Because of the deterioration in the economic outlook, banks remain cautious about lending to new commercial property clients. In general, banks haven't changed their lending standards and funding is available. However, most banks have eased their interest coverage requirements in line with the rise in interest rates. Then my take on this article is that, you know, with everyone expecting house prices to drop a little bit further and with bank lending criteria still quite tight, there's lots of opportunities for good purchasing to be made with less competition in the market. This window might not be here for too much longer. So if you haven't already taken action and you can get lending, don't muck around. Fifth topic for this week in review from Stuff on the 26th of April, the suburbs where every home seller is making a profit. According to CoreLogic, house prices have continued to drop for over a year but there are still some suburbs where every homeowner who resold recently made a profit. In the latest Pain and Gain report, there's been an increase in the number of properties sold at a loss in the last three months of 2022. 
4% of resales resulted in a loss up from 3.2% in the previous quarter and 0.7% in the market's peak in late 2021. However, most resales still made a profit. CoreLogic identified the top 10 suburbs where 100% of resales were for a profit. Rolleston and Hallswell in the Greater Christchurch area topped the list with 53 resales each and median price gains of $240,000 and $272,500 respectively. The other five spots on the list were taken by Auckland's Papatoetoe and Henderson, Christchurch Saint, Christchurch's St Albans and Tauranga's Mount Onganui and Papamoa Beach. Calvin Davidson, the Chief Property Economist at CoreLogic, stated that the length of time a property was held impacted the resale price. Except for Rolleston, all of the suburbs on the list had a median hold period of at least six years, and some had much longer, he said. Even in suburbs where prices have declined recently, properties that were held for a long time and resold were likely to still sell at a profit. Davidson explained that this sheds lights on places like Wainui Amata, where there was a median price gain of 397000 it's been a weak market lately, but the people who sold still made gross profits because they'd held for a long period of time. The Wainui Amata properties sold had a median hold period of 15 years, compared to the national median hold period for profit-making resales of 8.2 years. In comparison, the median hold period for loss-making resales was one to two years, implying that properties reselling at a loss recently were most likely purchased at the peak of the market. Davidson emphasised that the analysis only measured resales and it was likely that there were owners with short hold periods who were sitting on paper losses in the suburbs. Another feature was the number of suburbs from Canterbury. This reflects the resilience of the region's market in the downturn. Ray White Town and Lifestyle Group Manager Nick Holpike said that Rolleston and Hallsville still attracts a good number of buyers. Mount Monganui was the suburb where homeowners made the most money on their resales with a median price gain of $724,000. Papamaa Beach came in second, with a median gain of $484,250. But Mount Monganui also had the longest median hold period, with 15.2 years. According to Rodney Fong, director of Ray White Tauranga, properties in Mount Monganui are often tightly held and intergenerationally owned. He added that most properties in the area sell within a 90-day period as long as sellers are prepared to price the property based on comparable homes that have sold this year. With all the bad news around right now, it might seem impossible to get ahead financially. My advice to you is shut out the noise because there are clear signs of opportunities arising that might be just right for you. Join me at our upcoming event, How to Succeed with Property Investing in 2023. With my tips as a financial advisor regarding strategies for successful investing, they're live training sessions held either online or in our Auckland office, and there's plenty of opportunity to ask me questions. I'll answer as many of them as possible. You can register on our website at propertyapprentice.co.nz. Check out the details there. And just a reminder, if you'd like to have a no-obligation chat with my husband, Paul, to see how we could help you, you can also book a meeting or phone call with him via our website. And that's propertyapprentice.co.nz. We'll do this again next week.